This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome to another pre-match chat. This chat is Wolves against the Blades of Sheffield United. And I'm delighted to be joined uh, by the Travelling Blade to discuss the Premier League match. I bet you can't wait for another Premier League game this weekend, mate. Oh, I absolutely love Premier League games. They're, um, they're amazing. They're absolute spectacles when we come to town, I tell you now. Absolutely punch drunk this season. Um, as we were just saying, last weekend, I don't even know we were playing Brighton. I lost track. That's our fourth. Um, so a few starts. Our fourth 5-0 defeat of the season. We had Burnley away, Arsenal away, uh, Villa at home. I'm sure you enjoyed that one. And uh, re- most recently, Brighton at home. Um, that's not including the 8-0 loss we had against Newcastle. And we've also our last we've lost our last three home games, and we've conceded three in all of our last three. Uh, sorry, conceded five in our last three home games. What with the five nil against Brighton, five nil against Villa, the five nil against Brighton again in the cup this time. So yeah, honestly, just sack this season off now, end it because there's no point as being here, or just relegate us now and say you're out. So everyone else carry on, Chef. You are gone because we are. I'm absolutely punch drunk with this season now. I'm so numb. I was sat in the pub after the game the other day, just going, just another game. I'm not even angry anymore. It's just, I just, just what I've come to expect. Yeah, it's kind of like the joy's gone out of the football. It's just an. Do you feel like there's a bit of an apathy within the fan base? I, I heard a stat today that you that you you're on course to be the first team to concede a hundred goals in a Premier League season as well if you carry on the same right way. Yeah, Is I that... think that's definitely uh, definitely on the cards and uh, the way that we're carrying on. And when you look at some of the uh, the fixtures we've still got to come, we've still got we're still going to play Arsenal again this time at home. Uh, we've got Man United away, who are now in a bit of form. We've still got Liverpool away. God help us. We've got Spurs again last game of the season when they deserve a chance that they're going to have quite a lot to play for. Um, so, yeah, we've still got some... Uh, I think we've got Chelsea at home to do as well. Honestly, Newcastle away. 
come one, come all, score them all. I think, thankfully, though, we've got Man City done and dusted with. Man City only scored four passes this season, and that was over two games, miraculously. Not quite sure how he achieved that. Um, I think Kyle Walker just felt sorry for us and said, just go easy on them, lads. But, yeah, honestly, we are on set. I think, obviously, thank God, somehow we managed to get over Derby's record lowest points. Um, but I reckon even their squad would have a go against us this season. We are just absolutely shot to bits. Um, you know, we've still got plenty of injuries, but the just the mental fatigue of the players. It's like, like a few fans have said, we can't really be annoyed at them because I think they're playing as well as they can do. It's just this is the level of player we've got. It's not that they're really underperforming. Our players just simply aren't good enough. They're playing probably the best they can. So they're just simply not good enough for this level. So what's gone wrong? Because obviously you got promoted last season. Obviously, you know, it's, the promotion's excited. You go up and then you're coming into a new season. You know, you had quite a few players on loan. I think you're one of the players that had Tommy Doyle, wasn't Was he at Blades? Yeah. And he's been yeah, yeah. great for us when he's, when he's played. Is it because, you know, you lost a lot of players that were loan players? A bit like what happened with Forrest when they come up, but you just, Forrest bought loads and loads of players. And then yeah. you guys have not really replaced the loan players that, you know. Yeah, well, the, the two loan players that we lost, we actually have one of them still now. Um, so we had the, the two main ones were, like you said, obviously, obviously Tommy Doyle, uh, who was brilliant for us. Uh, and then also we had James McAtee, who we managed to yeah. sign back on loan. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing as well is that, obviously, um, we, we managed to, like absolute geniuses, um, sell Sander Berger, one of our biggest assets, one of the biggest oh, reasons yeah. we got promoted. Sell him to Burnley, no less. A fellow, you know, fellow promoter team, gonna be a fellow relegation rival. We sold him, we sold them to we sold him to them. We're talking like oh, I don't know, a week before the season started, very not long at all before the season started. And the main the main hammer blow was the departure of Illiman and Jai. Apparently, we had this whole little lovely little video set up where he was gonna like sign, sign a new contract, and it was gonna be like he was going to be the new number 10 and it was going to be Billy Sharp saying, I'll oh, carry on the legacy of the number 10. We were all messing around with all this video. Um, and next minute, at the last, apparently at the last minute, he had a change of heart and went to his boyhood club, Marseille. And as soon as we lost Njai, um, we were never going to replace him. So we were sort of scrambling around for signings last minute, you know, trying to get Gus, Gus Hamer over here, you know, who I thought was going to be brilliant and has been very hit and miss lately, more miss than hit. Um, Vinny Souza, who's done okay in the last couple of weeks in like a CDM role, um, but nowhere near a replacement for a drag. Not it was not meant to be an enjoy. Cameron Archer, um, which is essentially a glorified loan from Villa, because um, I think when we go down, they have to buy him back from us. Some weird financial gymnastics going on there. Um, so we, we essentially we came in we came into the Prem with a weaker squad than what we had in the championship. Um, you know, losing Njai like that, we'd have had to have spent to bring in a player um, of his quality that would have had the same impact on our team as he did. We, I, I genuinely think we'd have had to have spent 70, 80 mil. We'd have had to have gone and bought the likes of Gibbs White back from uh, Forest. We'd have had to have bring in, I mean, I'm, I'm not the best obviously in terms of like knowing players, but someone of 
Gibbs White's quality, we'd have had to have brought him in to have some level of replacement in terms of a player that would bring that much quality to our side. So we sort of just shot ourselves in the foot before we started selling our best players. Um, Do you blame the owners for that? I genuinely think the way we prepared ourselves um, was a shambles. You know, people sort of blaming Hecky, and yeah, he still he carried some of the blame, but the way we prepared um, was was awful. And you know, you've got like the owners, the Prince, um, and some of the, the some of the fans that defend the Prince saying that oh, we had no choice because um, they were in the last year of their contract, so we either sell Sander for like fifteen million. That summer, bear in mind we spent about 21, 22 mil on him, I think. So we sell him for 15 million and now 15 million now, or he goes for nothing next summer. And then same with Njai, it's either like 15 mil now or nothing next summer. Why have we boxed ourselves into this corner where they're in the last year of their contract? And we're now, you know, but we just painted ourselves in. Um, and then like you've got the prince saying, Oh, well, we want we're gonna have a massive overall in the summer. We've got the likes of um John Egan. Uh, George Baldock, uh, Ollie McBurney, among others that were also in the last year of their contract, going to be run out in June, haven't signed a contract yet. But apparently the uh, the Prince wants it that way because it acts as real motivation to the players, which is evident to see because we're rock bottom of the table. So on the one hand, he's saying, oh, we want them in the last year of their contract because it motivates them. And in the same breath, him and his fans are saying, Oh well, we couldn't do anything about Sander and Njai because in the last year of the contract, and we needed we needed to sell them now, else it was going to be nothing in the future. So I don't know which they want, but the way we prepared, and if if Njai and Sander went, but it was early on, then we could have had time to plan and buy in and integrate players. But we were like, like I mean, like signing players just like, like I mentioned, like Gus Gus Harmer. We didn't have him on the first game of the season. He played the second game of the season. Uh, Cameron Archer didn't, didn't play until um, I think early September. I think I think about the second of September. So really last minute, just scrambling around for players here and there. Um, and then the way we've acted in the January transfer is really uh, window was really weird because um, we we're going down and we're sort of wasting money on short term players um, like Brereton Diaz is coming in. He's been pretty. He's been quite a bright spark. Has got a couple of goals given us something entertaining to watch. He's clearly added a bit of a, an injection of talent and pace in that. But he's on a, a, se- a half-season loan with no option to buy. So yeah. we're going to be in no position to buy him in the summer. If we'd bought him, I'd say brilliant, because all right, he's probably not going to keep us up now, but next season in the Championship, he's going to be a brilliant signing. Same with Mason Holgate, another half-season loan. I mean, not that I'd want to buy him, but I don't know why we've sort of wasted apparently we've got oh we've got very little money so why are we wasting the, the little money we have on trying to paper over the absolute chasms of a season that we have now it just doesn't make sense and i mean you know i think part of it is on the players you've got both managers carry some of the blame for the results but i think the overarching thing um lies with me was it's just the owner and just the fact that we came into this has to be one of the worst, the most, well, the worst prepared team to ever enter the Premier League. And you look at Luton and fair play to them. They've attacked it brilliantly. Um, could still go down, but making a real fist of it, try to act smart. Um, Burnley spent money, hasn't worked. We've just done it. We did absolutely nothing. Sold our best players for peanuts. 
brought in last minute, scrambling around desperate signings that are championship quality. And that's where we're headed. Interestingly enough, um, obviously I feel your pain and like as football fans, I think we can all feel feel your pain. And, you know, we went, Wolves went through a very turbulent summer and a lot of people had Wolves banged on for, uh, for relegation. Um, and we've had obviously a really, really good season. Yeah. The squad I always thought was a lot stronger than was being painted. But like, as bad as it is, yeah, you've you've thrown, you've played a few cards, haven't you? You've changed managers, you've prop, you've changed formation, you've promoted some younger players, you've had the January transfer window, you're getting hammered. But as bad as things are, you've still got a glimmer of hope because you're still only seven points from safety. And to take a little twist on top of that, there is still potential points deductions coming Forest way. This, we'll probably hear a bit more about what's happening with Ev Everton's point deduction. They might get a reduction, but then they might get another points deduction. You know, if ever there's a season that you can still scramble your way out of it, as bad as things are, you still must have some hope, yeah? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some Sheffield United fans do, but um, I'd like to know what they have they pour over their porridge in the morning. But, I mean, to fair, just to caveat some of those points, OK, so we're currently seven points adrift, but Luton have still got a game in hand. I'm not sure who that's against. I'm not sure if it's Bournemouth. I think it is looking at the table here because I think of the Tom Lockyer game. Um, so that could quickly become uh, eight points, if not ten points adrift. Um, I think what, in terms of, a well, just just how poor we're playing, though, I think as us also with the, the points deductions, I think we've reached that part of the season now where, I think if they were to take place, they're probably going to be at the start of next season. I'm no, going no, to no, guess. No. They're going to be guaranteed to be imposed this year, this season. They have to be imposed this season. I mean, do we know sort of to what? I mean, if if Everton, I think if Everton, are looking, the Everton thing, as far as I understand, they've appealed, and this week um, they'll get a. We'll find out more about their their appeal. Um, there's people, some people saying that they'll get a slight reduction. They could get a three, four, five point reduction. So that'll pump them up. But then the other um, points deduction, I think, will come out in April. I think March, March, maybe March, April. But then they've got that will be appealed before. The, so it's got to be decided before the end of the year. But the points deductions will will carry this year. So it won't get carried over. It's got to be imposed yeah. this, this year. Well, so there is I mean, a little to... bit of a glimmer there for you because you you know both of those teams are down the bottom. Well, to be fair, I mean I don't know what point deductions we'd be looking at, but if they both got docked ten points, so Forest would still be above us by one point. Yeah, uh, Everton would be three points below us, and I'd give them two, maybe three games, they'd be back above us. Uh, we are absolutely. Um, awful. I don't know how we got that result at Luton. It's just absolutely shot to bits. Um, it's just players coming in. Like the, we've just got no gel in there. Like I said, like at the start of the season, it's been like a makeshift side all season with one thing or another. Even at the start of the season, we're, we're sort of bringing in last-minute players here and there. Then everyone's getting injured. Um, and then sort of now we're sort of having Holgate shoehorned into our defence. Now he's back out again. And just the way we, we're really still um, struggling with goals. I thought the one thing we had, I know we got the three against Luton, but um, 
that was that was just I mean I, I don't know how that happened but we that that was a that was a good result don't get me wrong and we had sort of picking up um goals under Wilder but it's just the thing is everyone above us we might overtake Burnley um but Luton are far better than us Everton Forest all of them far better than us like I said even if they got docked 10 points now Forest would stay but would be still be above us probably stay above us for the rest of the season. Everton would catch back up and overtake us. I'm convinced of it. There's no way we can overtake three teams by the end of this season. No, If, if we overtake Burnley, um, we're absolutely laughing. Just the way we're absolutely shot of confidence. I mean, it's like the other... We've still got strikers injured. I don't know if they're going to be coming back for the game against you, the likes of Diaz and Archer. That might give us a bit of hope. Um but we just like you'd be watching us at games, and we we just really we really lack for an out. If we haven't got Diaz, we haven't got an outlet whatsoever. We'll just sort of be have it, and we're sort of Chelsea away, um, or other games. You've sort of got Archer trying. We, we get the ball, and then our strikers are on the halfway line, um, and that's not us sort of sitting back by choice. That's us, us being hounded to our own goal line by the opposition and their dominance. So we really struggle for an outlet. The defence runs around like headless chickens. Um, the midfield gives barely gets on the ball, or is always giving away the ball all the time, struggles to string passes together. We struggle to get possession. When we've got it, we struggle to do anything with it. I really can't see. I think if you sort of just go back and watch our games against the highlights against Villa, the, the highlights against Brighton, I mean, like Villa and Brighton, they're decent teams. We made them look like prime Man City and prime Liverpool back from like the 2019-20 season. Honestly, it's absolutely blitzing past us. Um, and I think one thing as well, the main thing is for me, just the mental fatigue of the players. It's just they're absolutely um, shot to bits. Heavy on playing heavy on yeah. the shoulders. So yeah. Look at the head to the... Go on. Sorry. I was saying when Wilder came in, we did get a bit of a boost. But that has just been... Um, for me, completely eroded now. Um, completely eroded. What with the last the last couple of weeks and even like the Brighton Cup game, 5-2, um, Brighton at home in the league, 5-0, Villa, 5-0. Like, even after the Luton, when you're thinking, oh, there's a bit of a buzz around the place, you're thinking, oh, a bit, uh, a bit of unity, you know, with the players galvanise their spirits and come on. And then you go against Brighton, you think, you know, they're all right, but, you know, we played them a few weeks back, let's learn our lessons. And just absolutely... Um, fall apart absolutely fall apart and i just really can't see us picking up very many points i think i think we'll pick up more points once we've been relegated as we did last time interesting so i mean like how do you think you're going to line up against wolves at the weekend i, I mean i take are you going will, will you be there unfortunately i will be there yes i will be there i don't I'd know expect why you as you're a traveling blade that you will be there the thing I'm in like London the day before for like my mate's birthday, so I think I'm gonna be have a bit of a sore head on that Sunday morning and the train up from Houston, um, up to Wolves. I mean, first of all, we're gonna have um, uh, Holgate out, so you'll be looking at a back line. You're gonna have Austin Trusty coming back in, who uh, are previously of Birmingham City, um, who hasn't been great. You've got Anel, who always is always looks about um, Anel Amadodzic, who's made famous for saying I don't think it was a red. Um he's always like five to ten seconds behind the game. He's renowned for short shirt pulling. 
prone to give away fouls, maybe even a penalty. You've got Jack Robinson who'll be playing, um, who's probably been our best player of the season, and he's got about two to three own goals. Got one on Saturday or Sunday even. Um, who has been our best player because they've been off and he looks like the only one that's actually been trying and really cares. You'll probably have Bogle at right wing back, who's pretty good in the championship. Left wing back, I think, yeah, you're going to have uh, Yasser Larucci, who's just not ready for the Prem. Um, and then up top, uh, who are you going to have? I mean, you, you're probably going to have Will Asulu again, who hasn't scored in the league, I believe. He scored a couple in the... Um, FA Cup, but he's really quite a young. I'm not sure how old he is, but um, I think he's younger than 23. I'd say he's younger than 23. Um, bit of a bright prospect, but still naive and a bit of a rough diamond. Like I said, scored a cup in the cup, um, but not scored in the league yet. Um, but does like to get a shot off, which is something nice to see for once. Hopefully, we've got Diaz back. If we've got Diaz back, he does offer us something. He, he can run with the ball. He scored a couple of goals in the handful of games he's played. Um, obviously, he's tall as well. He seems to have a good finish on him. Archer, he, he's good if we can afford him any space and time. If we can get him a bit of space and time, I think maybe with him being a Villa player, there might be a little bit of edge. Um, I don't know. But the thing is with Archer, I think he is, a, he is probably a good player, but I've always called him a luxury player. Like I said, if you've got a bit of space and time for him, I think he's probably brilliant, but we haven't, so... We sort of need ugly strikers, sort of like a prime Billy Sharp or someone. Um, McBurney, I don't know if he's still going to be injured. Um, he obviously didn't play on the Sunday. I think there's every chance he could still be injured. We'll probably have Rian Brewster, who's about as much use as, I don't know, a chocolate fire guard. He's absolutely pointless. Um, you what know, formation so, will you play then? I mean, we'll probably have... Your three centre backs, two wing backs. Um, we might even have a four-one again. We had a we had a five-four-one at the weekend. Do you think you're going to sit back? Because uh, the reason I ask is because I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before the thing. Wolves are great when teams open up against us. We've got we've yeah. exploited it. Brentford sat against us recently, and you know we tend to trip up against teams that sit back and we don't get a lot of space now someone on my channel also put like i don't see why sheffield united would sit back because you need three points but like yeah. if you don't concede a goal and then you can get something from a set piece or something like that you win the game and stuff like that yeah. and wolves you know we've got aspirations potentially of even getting into europe i mean what what have you what have you made of wolves this year from you know from what you've seen of us obviously you probably saw us at uh Bramall Lane when we uh, we 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 managed to give you well. Oh we yeah, thank you very much for that. By the way, horrible. <laughs> you got that penalty at the end, and you know you, you won the game, and obviously you're quite positive after that. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, hopefully that's something we can carry into this game. The fact that obviously we uh, we have actually beaten you this season, so it's one one of one of the uh, the holy trinity of teams that have gifted us a win. Um, obviously, it said it was left. Um, very very late um i think it was even quite controversial to be fair but it was, um, it, was it was another one of them yeah penalties. it was um it it was one of them where there was like there was contact but var gives it but in real time you probably don't give it you know what i mean it's um there was contact but you know i think uh i think thinking at the time um 
if that was given against us, obviously I'd be annoyed and probably just going, um, probably more annoyed at VAR more than anything, just for highlight, making things look worse than they are. I'm just going, oh, well, there's contact, therefore it's a foul. But I didn't really care at the time. I was very happy to finally so get away. Are you? You're going to be happy for the three points. <laughs> I was very, very happy for the three points. Um, but, yeah, I think it was actually Archer that scored again that day. I think it was a really good goal by Archer, actually. The first one sort of absolutely hammered it in. Well, remember, Wolves but, absolutely battered you in the first half and then uh, it all fell apart for us in the, uh, in the yeah. second half. We got back into the game, I think, and then you got that late penalty. I mean, looking ahead to the to to the game at the weekend. I mean, what what sort of score prediction are you expecting? Um, um, you obviously a bit. I can feel you're a bit down about stuff, but you going into the game with any hope at all? Not really. If I'm being semi optimistic, I'd say two 0 to Wolves. Um, I just think now. I think, like I said, I mean, in terms of how we'll line up, I don't know what how many strikers, what strikers we're going to have available. What was amazing on the weekend is that um, when we went down to 10 men, there was a point where we actually subbed off our only striker. So we were playing with sort of a, um, I don't even know what formation we had, sort of like a um, a 5-4 five, a five, whilst we're 2-0 down to Brighton, which was amazing. I think if we've just got a Sula and Brewster available, we'll go like 5-4-1. Uh, the midfield will be like McAtee, Souza, uh, Harmer, previously of Coventry, and Andre Brooks, our young lad, who... Can be a bit of an outlet, but sometimes it's a bit too much ask for him to like sort of actually be the only creative outlet. McAtee can be brilliant, can sometimes go a bit missing. Same with Hamer. Souza can be hit and miss. He can still be a little bit slow. Can be a really good CDM and just be a bit gritty. But um, I think in terms of the hope, though, if we've got the likes of Brereton, Diaz and Archer, um, I don't know whether McBurney's going to be fit. I'm not sure how bad his injury is. But if we've got a mixture of those three available, I would be hoping that we can get at least a goal, at, at best a point. Um, I mean, sometimes we just pull a result out of nowhere, like the, the draw at Villa away. Um, I don't know where that came from. The win at Luton, I don't know where that came from. Um, so sometimes we can just get a bit of, you know, get a result out of somewhere. Could this be one of them? Obviously, Wolves mid-table. Um, obviously, I'd say, you know, maybe not have the quite the attacking threats that Brighton had. Or you probably won't like me for saying this. Obviously, as Villa had, you know, obviously, apologies for that. But obviously, they're rocking. I don't know. I mean, Villa are having a fantastic season. You know, they're yeah. having a great season. But still going to have far more um, than enough to see um, that. And I think, like... Whether we will deliberately sit back, I don't think we'll deliberately sit back. We might be sat back, but that's probably just because you'll have all the ball around our box. So we've sort of got no choice than to be sat back and we'll probably be camped in our own half. But I don't know if that'll be entirely by choice. Wilder will set them out and tell to them, let's go and try and attack this. Whether we're actually going to be good enough to try and follow that plan through, probably not. Well, I think we'll be sat back, but I, I, I hope like the Wolves fans are going, oh, they just come here to be defensive because we're just—it's just because we're that crap. We'll be just penned back into our own half through no choice of our own. It's like being in prison; no one really chooses to be there, but you're just sort of stuck there because you've got nowhere else to go. That's but if a, we can sort of nick analogy. something, sort of nick some, we're going to rely on someone like Archer or Diaz being in the team. Um, I, I don't know, maybe McAtee or Brooks can muster up some magic. 
Like Brooks, there's been times where he's pulled something out of nowhere this season, like when we beat Brentford at home. Could he do that? But I, I don't know. We just we just really struggle at every aspect of football. Like even if we do sit back, don't worry because we can't defend. Just keep do what Brighton did. Just keep passing it around, waiting to find your moment. Keep sending balls in. Invariably, we'll, we'll probably put one of them in our own net. Um, <laughs> so just if all just bide their time, keep passing it around before long. Keep sending balls in. Um, you said, obviously, we might get something from a set piece. We're pretty crap at them, so don't worry about that. I think the only thing we've got is if we we sometimes might catch you on the break. I mean, I don't know if we will, but the only way I can see us scoring is if we have like a really like, a good break when we get like the, the light. Sort of like we did early on against Palace. We scored like inside 23 seconds, just got the ball straight up to Diaz. Diaz ran down in goal. Um, and then like later on in the half, we, were, we were like Palace were all over us, and we've got the ball. Held, McBurney held it up, plays McAtee through, bit of a deflection goal. So if we can sort of do something like that, like we did at Palace, we still went on to lose three two, no less. But if we can sort of do <laughs> that, the only bit of hope I can give you in, in stuff from Wolves as I say, you know, we we often have struggled. I mean, Huddersfield a few years back, they only won three games all season. And they beat us twice because that's yeah. the sort of thing that Wolves do. I think we still finished seventh that year, and we lost to we lost to the team rock bottom, who only won three games all season, and two two of them were against us. I remember going to the <laughs> McAlpine Stadium in Uddersfield, coming out, and the Uddersfield fans were just saying, "I wish we could play you every week." Um, but if Wolves <laughs> aspire to uh, to push on for you know for, for potentially even a European place, which would be incredible. Um, yeah. It's got to be a game that Wolves have got to be winning. There'll be a lot of expectation from the Wolves fans that we should turn you over by a few. But these, like, as much as you know, we shouldn't be going to Tottenham or people. Some fans think we won't go to Tottenham and beat them. I thought we would because we got the game. But we've got to be winning. You know, we've got to try and win this game against the Blades. No disrespect to you guys. We've got to try and oh, we've got no. to try and win it. And I do feel your pain. Uh, on where you are and how it's going because we're all football fans and you follow your team home and away and that's commitment especially when things are going really really bad it's it's hard and the, you know there's an expectation and an apathy and just getting the vibe off you tonight talking to you I can feel like you're kind of depressed about the whole <laughs> you know it's like yeah like you think of the blades and being sharp and you know, shiny. It's like they're corroded and blunt at the moment, and they've got no. And that's kind of how you feel. How can people find you um, on YouTube and social? So if they wanted to uh, watch some of your stuff, I'm sure your match vlog will be interesting after the game as well. Yeah, there will be. Um, there will be a a, a post match vlog um, of the game from Wolves. So you can uh, obviously Wolves fans can go back and relive all the goals they'll in you know undoubtedly <laughs> score passes. from your from your point um, of view. Yeah, hopefully we can nick something, but I don't know. Can we put if we could pull some magic off? But yeah, Traveling Blade at YouTube. Um, that's about and then at Traveling Blade on Twitter, which annoyingly is spelt with one L rather than two because someone else nicked the one with two L's. But at Traveling Blade on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, and then Traveling Blade on YouTube can go back, go on, uh, watch all my vlogs. Um, there might be on someone there where we've beaten Villa in the past, go and watch them if you fancy, but yeah, um. <laughs> Go back and watch the one where we equalised against them and then just don't watch the last few minutes when they scored. But, yeah, yeah there will be a post-match vlog. Beating the baggies as well last year. 
Yes. Um, yeah, we did. I think that, that was the game that actually confirmed we were getting promoted as well. So that was a really good um, midweek game. I think we beat them 2-0 um, at Bramall Lane and that confirmed we were promoted. So that was a really good game last season and it feels worlds away from where we are now. I know. Well, I do appreciate you coming on, mate. You, what I love about the fact that you, you're just so honest and open, which is you're such a genuine chap, and uh, you know you, you, you support your team. You know, don't give up the hope, though, because <laughs> football's a funny old game. You've still got a lot of things can happen. I can't obviously hope that you, you know, you get any result against us the weekend, but you know, you've still got twelve games to go, and after that. Anything could happen. You're only seven points behind. A couple of wins from somewhere, not starting the weekend, of course. <laughs> you don't know. You just don't know because there's still a lot of permutations to go in this season. What with the um, you know, the other teams, what with yourself, what with the points deductions and stuff like that. There's, it's a funny old game. So, you know, seven points, it's it's a gap. You've only had 13, but like, look at Leicester a few years ago. They were like yeah. down and out and won five out of six. You just never know in football. So I do wish you all the best. Obviously not for thank the weekend. You. Um, you know, <laughs> Likewise. But thank, thank you ever so much for coming on, mate. Much appreciate it. And guys, go check out uh, The Travelling Blade. Make sure that you look out for his, uh, his vlogs after the game as well. And make sure you give him some love in the comment section below because he's a, a real top lad. Cheers. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, pal. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.